Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Let's take a look, Parakir Aleph Pasuk Beis, chapter 11, verse 2. Ten chelek l'shiva, give a portion for seven, v'gam l'shmona, and also for eight. Ki lo seida ma'yiyeh ra'a al ha'aretz. For it shall not be known what evil shall befall the land. This verse is actually a source for why we read Kohelis on Sukkot. One of the reasons it's brought down is because of this verse. Let's see how Targum renders it. Have chulaktav, give a good portion, minzara, from the seed, lechakloch, for your field. Betishrei, in the month of Tishrei, velo sismana milimizra af mechislev, and do not hold back from planting again in Kislev. Here the seventh month is obvious. The Torah's terminology for the seventh month is what we call in later iterations Tishrei from the Babylonian calendar. The next part is a little bit harder to understand. To not hold back from planting in Kislev, how that corresponds to Vigam Lishmona is a little bit harder to fathom because the month after Tishrei it's Cheshvan. Right. Then you have Kislev. So to go from 7 to 8, it would seem that Kislev is not quite right. It would be Cheshvan, because the verse says 7 and 8. So the 8th month would be Cheshvan. There is another text that does incorporate Cheshvan instead of Kislev. I'm not sure how to square away the verse that says, and also the eighth within the framework of months, how that goes together, Tagum, in the text we have as Kislev, which would be the ninth month, perhaps it's an overlap of planting that begins in the eighth and continues to the ninth. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. I don't know the various times of planting, but if the Girsa is as we have it, the Shmona and the Kislev, there does seem to be a bit of a mismatch. Arum lo sinda, for you shall not know, mayehei visha, what evil shall be, alave ara, upon the land, i harfe nitzchan, if the earlier one, the earlier planting, will be successful, i afele, if the later planting will be successful. So plant both, an early harvest and a late harvest. Plant at different times. You don't know what's going to be. So try and be prepared. Take precautions. Plant at various times so that there's a robustness that this, this one is not going to be terribly fragile depending on what happens over the course of the season. In the context of this verse, following after the first verse, is important. It's, it's a counter, it's a balance 
to the first verse of the chapter, which was encouraging an exertion towards charity, towards tzedakah, even when it seems to be a bad investment, so to speak, in a simple utilitarian sense, even though it's never a bad investment. Here, we're giving further advice to make various investments with a less sanguine perspective. The recognition that things might go sour. The earlier crop might not pan out. The later crop might not pan out. We don't know. There needs to be a certain diversification to be reasonably taking steps to protect oneself. And that's coming after the aggressive push for tzedakah. So although a person should push themselves to give and give generously from their own bread, nonetheless, they should not be reckless. A person shouldn't think, well, I've given all this tzedakah, I don't need to plant necessarily different seasons. I can just buy a lot of ticket or something. That's not being reasonable. A person does need to be concerned to a degree within the bounds of rationality. There are different weather patterns and planting at different times is a way to create a more robust anticipation of success. And that is tempering the the flavor, if you will, of the first verse that is more aggressively pushing this generosity, here one is is taking a a more serious look at potential consequences and being encouraged accordingly to, to not disregard the risks. Let's see Rashi. Ten chilek l'shiv. I'll give a portion for seven. Vigam l'shmon, and also for eight. Chalakto milach macho umishtecho l'shiva tzrichei chesed. Chilek od l'shmone shavo acherehem v'al yom adai. So here Rashi is connecting it the previous verse to divide up in a portion from your bread and your drink into seven for the needs of kindness to share and give another portion for the eighth that will come after. And don't say it is enough. So the Rashi is going more in line with the same trend as the previous verse, whereas Targum is learning that it is a counter to the first verse. Rashi is saying that here too, one is being encouraged to give a portion and to not restrain themselves saying, I have done enough, but rather to continue giving more. I remember hearing my great-grandmother saying that if there's another guest, 
so they'll add more water and salt to the chicken soup. So have another guest. They'll make it go a little further. Not to say we, we have enough. We've, we've shared enough. We've given enough. Give a, an eighth portion for those that come after. Don't say it's enough. Continuing Rashi. Maybe days in the future will be coming and there will be a need for all of them. Or a person will be spared through the giving of tzedakah, of this righteousness, from the evil that otherwise would come. And if not now, when? Abbasenu Amru, Ten Chelek, and our sages gave a different interpretation of this verse. Rashi is working first in the Pshat, in the context of the previous verse. Now he's quoting Erevin, Mem Amad Beis, 40b. Elo Shiva Yemei Bereshis. This is a reference to the seven days of creation. Give one of them as a portion for your maker. To desist from labor, to rest on Shabbos. And also on the 8th. This also has a religious significance. These are the eighth days where the culminating day, the eighth day, is given over to circumcision, an act of covenant with the Creator. It's also a bris, like Shabbos is a bris. So engage in covenant with your Creator for the seventh and for the eighth. Dava Acher, alternatively, Tenchelek Shiva, give a portion for the seven, Karbonus Tzibur Shel Shivas Yemei Pesach. This is a reference to the communal offerings over the course of the seven days of Passover. The Gamashmon, and also for the eight, Elushmos Mechag. These are the seven days of Sukkis with Shmini Atzeres included. You have eight days of the Chag. So the seven days of Pesach and the eight days that culminate with Shmini Atzeres. So this angle is referring to the communal offerings of the seven and of the eight. Kilo seda ma'yira, for you do not know what shall be evil. Imyacharav habayis, if the temple will be destroyed, below sakriva od, and you won't have any future opportunities to bring these sacrifices. Yo ilo harishonim, and the first ones that were brought will be effective and helpful, so to speak. There will be no future opportunities. So take the opportunity that you have. Alternatively, for you don't, do not know what will be. You 
you don't know what was decreed concerning the rains of the upcoming rainy season over the course of the festival of Sukkot, which is a day of, culminates, the last day, the seventh day of Sukkot is a day of judgment over the rains, Hoshana Rabba, and there will be an effectiveness of the offerings to negate evil decrees of inadequate rains. So bringing these sacrifices on Pesach, on Sukkot, one shouldn't abstain if they have the opportunity who knows when the next opportunity will present itself? And one doesn't know what the decrees will be. Bringing these offerings help a person, help the community come close to God and negate the decrees of famine of lack on a communal level we find the parish of Shema if we do what we are supposed to do we will have the waters the rains at their times the early rains the late rains God wants to give us blessings if we communally do not do what we're supposed to do so in a certain sense we are holding that back. If we bring ourselves to come close to Him, so we are allowing Him to give us those blessings, and we can negate the decrees, the evil decrees of restriction, of judgment. Let's see the Masudas David. Ten chilek. Chalok maton Divide a gift out to seven people. And also to eight. Meaning, give to all. Do not view them as numerous in your eyes as overwhelming. And the choice of seven is within the classical Jewish numerology a round number as it were. So a set is completed with seven. So a full set. The continuation of the verse, Gam and also for eight, means going beyond the complete set. Give a portion, but do not be overwhelmed. Continue giving even beyond what seems to be a full disbursement to a group of seven. Even give to eight. Go beyond. What shall be? 
One doesn't know what will be. Perhaps there will be evil in the land. And a person who finds himself in a situation where the land does not have what it needs, he may be forced to flee. He might even need to come on to all those people that he helped. Even though he finds that preposterous in his current situation, he's a benefactor. He's giving out to so many. He doesn't know what's going to be. He might be displaced, a refugee, and actually, at some point, have some need from all these people. So the Mitsudas David is also clearly linking it to the previous verse, Kivarov Hayomim Timsa El, from the abundance of days, you shall find it. The giving out is something that who knows? Who knows when it could come in handy, so to speak? That generosity may be sustaining himself. Let's see the Benazra. Ten Chelek, give a portion. Ikar Shiva the Mikra. Masha Omar Ba Sefer Yitzira. The usage of the term seven in verse has been discussed by the author of the Sefer Yitzira. The Hechal Kodesh, Choven Be'emsa. And the holy abode is placed in the center of this scheme of seven. The Oma, the Shmona, Keneged and the description of eight corresponds to the days of the week. The description of the eighth is a return to the first portion, the first slot, as it were. So you have a cycle of seven. The eighth is back to number one. We find this in common nigla in describing the Shavua of the sabbatical years. There's a cycle, agricultural cycle of seven years. The eighth year is a way of describing Moshe Shemitah, the first year of the cycle. Ibn Ezra saying that that's how to understand this verse as well. The Shiva of Gam Lishmonen, also for the eighth, meaning also for the beginning of the next cycle. And the idea is, continuously without cessation, there should be a continuity of the seven and also the eight to not stop at the completion of a cycle, but to continue. And then although it's one of the new cycle, it also has a continuity. It's, it's eight, so to speak. There is some progression. One is not unchanged and starting back from ground zero, so to speak. There's an element of eight, but it's a new cycle that recognizes the accomplishment of the previous cycle. Exactly. 
ועניין מה יהיה רעה, שיבוא לידי עוני. ואמר יהיה אם רעה, כמו כי יהיה נער בסולם. The description of what shall become, what evil shall befall the land, is a description of poverty. Lest a person come into suffering, deprivation, like we find elsewhere, such a phraseology, as a description of some tragedy. So there's a, an imperative to industriousness, to giving, to a focus, as he says, the Heichel HaKodesh, to have within a cycle not losing sight of the centrality of one's service from each step of the way. Whether one is serving God by shaking the lulav or eating the matzah, they are serving God in all of these different steps. The Heichal Kodesh is be'emsa, is in the center, as it were, in terms of its centrality of what is being accomplished. Let's see this far now. Very interesting. Mine doesn't have it. Mine just has Timtaeno, the end of the first verse, and then he continues, verse 3. Let's see what he says. Tain chelik l'shiva v'gam l'shmona, give a portion for seven and also for eight. V'gam sh'amelech v'hasarim sh'olu l'gdula, and also the king and the princes that have ascended to greatness. Mitzad marechas shivas k'chavit. From the perspective of Mazel, of fortune, of the seven stars representing the ascension of various natural forces. O mitzad kochve hagalgal hashmini, or from another element of fortune, the eighth. Domain from an astrological perspective. Heim behanagosam bilti ruim On a personal level, based on their choices, do not deserve honor. Nonetheless, do not hold yourself back from giving them honor. As much as the fortunes of these individuals have brought them to position of power, a king or a prince, that too, that, that fortune is not disconnected from God. God is the one who has brought them this position of power. Therefore, you should honor them. For you do not know what shall befall them, what shall become evil on the land. Perhaps their kingdom will be successful. 
כדי שיורהו בקלקולוס המדינה, מרס יושבי בו. In order to bring about destruction for the country on account of the evil of the citizenry. Why were these people put in power? They don't deserve it based on the quality of their deeds. Nonetheless, although it appears chaotic, it is a reflection of divine providence and they should be honored in spite of not being worthy of it on account of their own personal deeds. But if God has put them in a position of power, even if it's mystifying, perhaps God's purpose is to bring about destructiveness on account of the wickedness of the citizenry. If they are in a position of power, though, nonetheless, they should be accorded a measure of honor. This, too, is something coming from God. Let's see the Talumas Chachma. Ten chilek l'shiva, give a portion for seven. Rashi pirish elu shiva imei b'reishis. Rashi explains this is the seven days of creation. Shmona elohim shmona yimei mila. These are the eighth days, the eight days of circumcision. V'hakavona hu alderach mashal. And this is a type of parable. Ki'i afshar isnai b'tar rak im derechertz. It's impossible to live according to the Torah just with Derech Eretz. Ki Torah she'en ima melacha sof betela. If there is Torah only without melacha, without creative activity, it will ultimately not be sustained. B'tzarech hu lanhoga hativiz a person needs to live in this world based on the natural order that was created in the seven days of creation. The laws of nature on the various levels are something that should not be ignored. And also for the eight. These are the eight days of circumcision. Remember that you are stamped with the sign of the Holy Covenant. You are bound through this covenant to be in the service. You are from the servants who are in the service of God, blessed be He. Kilomar, as if to say, that a person needs to give the appropriate place, have a recognition, and incorporate into one's life both Torah and Teva, meaning there's 
a law of revelation and a law of nature, both need to be abided by, both are reflections of the divine will, and a person needs to embrace them both. If we do not know what shall be, in this case, the word ki is functioning like the word asher, that, in order that you do not know an experience from the evil. In order to be spared from the evil that shall befall the land, that it should not touch you, as it's described by Eov, Job 5.20, in famine you shall be redeemed from death, there's, there could be a broad consequence of evil befalling the land, and a person could personally be spared from that calamity. The Talmud's Chachma is explaining that can be accomplished by embracing the divine law, both as manifest in the revelation as well as nature. Od Yesh Lefarish, another interpretation, Al Pima Hamikubalim, Zohar, Parshas. The persona of Yosef symbolizes the foundation that incorporates six elements, six points. And therefore, Yosef is the numerical equivalent of six states, six beings. And Yitzchak symbolizes Bina, understanding, which is the eighth. Therefore, the numerical equivalent of Yitzchak corresponds to eight expressions of being. And Avram, in his numerical equivalent, of nine experiences, expressions of being, vidavid ole reish memches, shavram halach im lot, lesake nefesh david. David comes out to 248 because Avram went with lot to establish and repair, as it were, the soul of David. Look over there in the words of the Tsar. Yaakov symbolizes equality of mercy. Yitzchak symbolizes the quality of gvura, of strength, discipline. As well, as he mentioned earlier, the quality of understanding. And from the quality of understanding is judgment, legitimate judgment coming forth. And for this, King Solomon said, Give a portion for seven. 
Most of all, shlach lachem cha apneimayim. King Solomon said, give a portion for seven, following the heels of the previous verse. Cast your bread onto the water. To warn the righteous to give rebuke to the nation. And he said as well, give a portion for seven. This is referring to the quality the character of Yaakov, Shurachamim, that is mercy. as well as to the eighth, Shumidas Yitzchak, that is the quality of Yitzchak, Shumidas Hadin, that is the quality of judgment. Kilomar, Adam Sarachlitin, Makom. This is describing that a person needs to give a place, literally, to a portion and develop Af Shmona also to the eighth quality, Shumidas Yitzchak. Which is the quality of Yitzchak, Shahayabo Gamkeminasadin, even though that incorporate incorporates also not just Bina of understanding, but also judgment. Kigon, Lakanikinasashem Tsavakos, Linkom Nikmasashem. In the rarefied example, circumstance where the appropriate course of action is a zealousness for God, that too, that Mida, that quality should be honed and developed, although rare and limited, that also has a place. Kilo seda, for you do not know. Asher ukenes kele'el. Kilo seda ma'yera al-aretz, you don't know what evil will befall the land, as described above, that developing oneself through the Torah and through a correct relationship with the natural order that will spare a person from the suffering and evil that can befall the land. If somebody is in perfect harmony with what is good, entirely they will be spared from evil. 